As if it couldn't get any worse, the San Diego Padres' disappointing season continues. They keep piling on us, the baseball gods. St. Gary Sanchez injured, wrist fracture. He's done. That stinks. Talking about him and talking a little bit whether or not they should re-sign Blake Snell and the Padres' pitching situation going forward heading into free agency. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, September 7th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you don't like some occasional weird tweets on there that don't have anything to do with baseball, have no fear at LO underscore Padres and Lockdown Padres on the tube uh, the old YouTube, if you want to see the show, see whatever I'm wearing, say hi to Tatis, say hi to Pac-Man. You can do all that stuff. And for the YouTube shorts I post after every game. Also, remember to go check out SiriusXM. Really cool, really cool app you might have heard of to listen to the play-by-play broadcast for the Padres. And tune into Lockdown Padres as well. It's just they help you out in every regard, man. Shouts to SiriusXM. Good folks. Good folks over there. Today's episode... We got a lot to talk about, so I'm kind of not going to waste any time. Look, this Padres season has felt like uh, uh, like you're on an episode of Punked. You're on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. You're on an episode of whatever surrealist show about misery that just compounds itself, maybe a little Seinfeld every now and then. That's what it's been like watching this team, and it's been furthered by the news that Gary Sanchez, ladies and gentlemen, Sate Gary as I have called him many times, injured, fractured his wrist, even Bob Melvin, man. Even Bob Melvin saw this news and was like, this is stomach churning, this is terrible, I'm whipping out my phone to get the exact quote. Um, I don't have it on me, but uh, yeah, they received, and then Gary said, this one from AJ Casavell, Gary Sanchez, after strong bounce back with the Padres, will be a free agent this winter. They really received me well from day one, and I felt comfortable here, so I'd love to come back, he said. At the end of the day, though, it is a business. We'll see what happens. So that's the big thing. And it really stinks because I've talked about Gary a lot on the show. I've talked about, you know, I've tweeted before and mentioned that the Padres have, like, one of the best catching duos in baseball. And I'm, like, only 40% kidding. You know what I mean? Like, there are some better ones out there, like the Braves uh, being one example. But it really stinks. Uh, Gary was really awesome this year. And I know that, like, if you look at just the, the overall slash line, you might be wondering, well, what the heck? That's not – that's a little – Seems like he was a little home run dependent. But you have to keep in mind that he's a catcher, right? Obviously. That he's a catcher, and anything that you do that's above average for an offensive player is like 10 times better if you're a catcher, right? Because when you compare him to the rest of catchers, the Major League Baseball's average uh, WRC plus for, you know, offensively that catchers produce is about an 89. Gary Sanchez put up a 111. And a 1.7 F4 with okay defense, by the way. None of the defensive stuff and errors that I feared because famously, I complained about what they brought on St. Gary uh, at the beginning. He wasn't St. Gary yet, but he was Gary Sanchez at the time, because my thing was, this is a guy, you know, as someone on the East Coast, Yankees fans hate this dude, that that he's just been a 
a nuisance, that he has a lot of passed balls, he's not a great pitch framer. Garrett Cole hated him because of the amount of strikes that he took away from him. You know, he could throw out runners every now and then. He was a really freak athlete, but just didn't always connect, and his offensive capabilities really declined from those first two seasons where he was just, like, one of the best offensive players in baseball in general, right? Like, just in general, he was that good. Um you know, in 2016, and the tw- in the 53 games that he played, he put up a 170 WRC plus, which was absurd in 53 games. And then he put up a 131 the next year. He was able to take walks. He struck out, but not at an, an astronomical rate. And he walked a decent amount. But eventually, that subsided, and he'd been very every other year. If you look at WRC plus, he goes 90, then 116, then 69 in 2020. Nice. And then 101 the year after. And then with the Twins in 89. And my takeaway on Gary Sanchez when they brought him on, the reason I was upset was because I thought it was a real indictment on the situation the Padres found themselves in. Where they were having to rely on bringing in someone like Gary, who had been really suspect on defense, and his offense had been declining almost every year for the most part. Uh, So I was like, that shows how dire of a situation the Padres are in. But then he comes to Laborde. And he was awesome. 111 WRC Plus, like I said. He had more RBIs than freaking Xander Bogarts, despite hitting at the bottom of the lineup for a lot of this. Like, really, really great stuff for him. He wasn't always the best in some high leverage situations, but that's not exclusive to Gary Sanchez this year. You know what I mean? If you look at the high leverage stuff, he was pretty bad in those situations. But, again, it's hard for me to get mad at a catcher who was unable to come through when he was just like a... A, a nice cherry on top, right? He was supposed to be the cherry on top for this offense. That's how well he performed. And if someone told you before the season that not only would Campizano get a chance and be great, but they would bring on Gary and he'd be great too, everyone would be like, oh my God, we'd be awesome on offense. Unfortunately, though, the Padres' clutch bug, you know, also struck Gary a little bit too. But nonetheless, I also think that was what was most impressive is he never made any of those defensive mistakes. Not really. Yeah, he had one... Was, I forgot if it was Campuzano or Gary. He had one throw to third base that allowed a run to score. He did have the, the classic, oh, there's Gary type of moment. But for the most part, he was a fine framer. He wasn't incredible. But if you go on Baseball Savant and you just look at their stat cast metrics, he was okay. He's always had really great arm strength, but he's been a, his issue has been past balls and framing. And if you just look at the kind of statistics there, he's been okay. Blocks above average, 45th percentile, which isn't great. But caught stealing, 77th percentile, framing, 62nd percentile, and pop time, uh, 85th percentile, for those unfamiliar, just how fast he gets the ball at the second. He's okay. He's okay in that regard. Like, as a defensive player, his fan graphs rating, if you want to go by that, was the highest it's been in a long time, his defensive rating. So, like, he was a good pitcher and a catcher this year. And also, aside from just, you know, hitting a bunch of bombs at timely, you know, at a timely, in a timely fashion, I should say, and... Um, just not being horrendous defensively, Blake Snell started going on his just torrid stretch ever since Gary joined the team. And that's what was so surprising to me. I was like, wow, like this is a guy who couldn't catch for Garrett Cole, but now he's able to catch for Blake Snell. It's like very weird. And <coughs> I just think um, he had an excellent season and it's really, really heartbreaking to see him get injured. I know our hopes are already dashed for the playoffs. I think it's, I know it hasn't officially happened, but it's just very like, it's just, just you know, the the cherry on top of the crap Sunday 
You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. And it feels mean. I don't like it. I don't appreciate the baseball gods. Of course, Padres Twitter has been bringing up, rightfully, of course, that the team, of course, there's obvious 100% evidence of this. No um, fabrication whatsoever that baseball is punishing the Padres by giving them deadened balls because they don't like that they spent so much. Uh, same thing goes for the Mets, right? This, is, this has been proven scientifically, empirically. It's, it's a fact. You know what I mean? But... With Gary, this is just adding on to it all, you know, and it really stinks. So the question is whether or not they should bring him back. And to me, I think that Gary isn't going to cost too much. I don't think that a lot of teams are going to go out. Now, we'll have to see because catcher can be a little bit more of a premium position where there's not necessarily a lot out there. And we're going to talk about upcoming free agents in a second. But, like, there's not all that many catchers. You know what I mean? You can't really find one. There is... You know, Travis Darno, but he's got a club option. Mitch Garver, if you're interested in that. Jan Gomes, who's somehow still around. And then Yasmani Grandal, Tim Anderson's best friend. And then Omar Nevaez and Mike Zunino. Not a lot of options there. So, you know, will the Padres decide, let's just bring this guy back? I would like it because Gary's been so much fun watching. I think it's hilarious that he's one of the only players that got better when going to the Padres. I just don't understand how we were able to do that for him. But, um... I will also say, I think that, you know, with Luis Campizano developing, I don't think it's awful if they don't go this direction. And if it's possible, if they find any sort of, you know, cheap option as a backup, if, if hey, it was revealed recently that Austin Nola had been dealing with, like, you know, eye stuff and nerve damage uh, to a degree, like, with his eyes, and, like, that was why he might have been hitting so poorly, why the Padres didn't, like you know, send them to a doctor or just check up. So I stand by my criticisms of Nola, but it's also like, wow, like it's kind of crazy to note that now. Um, you know, maybe if Austin Nola can give you any value in return as a backup catcher, would you want to do that? Yeah. But I, my thing is it all depends on what the price is. What are people going to go into? Are people going to say maybe his home run fly ball rate, that he was a little bit lucky with the amount of home runs he hit in such a short period of time? Maybe, but I wouldn't hate it because I really like this combo of catchers just from an aesthetical you know, vibe standpoint, right? With Campizana being the up-and-comer, Gary being the veteran who can also just hit bombs. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't hate it either way. But we're going to think about it when we talk more about the Padres' free agency plans as a whole when I do my off-season wish list in, I don't know, I guess when we get closer to winter meetings. I don't know. But of course, everybody, that is not the only topic we got to discuss today. It is the main topic of the show, which is Blake Snell. But before we get into that, before we get into that, for a championship team, folks, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. This is what I say all the time. And guess what? It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. That's right, everybody. Shout out to the folks at eBay Motors. Uh, next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. They are fantastic. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. And, and here's the thing. It's really simple. It's really simple. You just go, you add whatever your car is to your My Garage segment uh, on eBay Motors, and then they give you a green check mark if the part fits. So don't worry. Like, don't be like, if you're like me and know nothing about cars, don't worry. They make it nice and simple for you. They'll be like, yeah, that works with your vehicle. You're set. Boom, boom, pow. Boom, bang, bang. You know, kapow. <laughs> My good fella. Uh, you know, but seriously, uh, or your money back, they got you covered over there because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts for the right fit 
and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's, dang, let's ride, man. Let's ride. Let's do it. eBay Motors, uh, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items, only exclusions do apply. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. Remember to go check us out where? Sirius XM. And also for the play-by-play broadcast for your hometown Padres. So go check that out, folks. Now we got to get into the meat of the episode. The Padres pitching situation. And it starts with Blake Snell. Blake Snell, who is the potential Cy Young winner for the National League this year. I don't know how it's going to go fully. We'll have to see. But, you know... Uh, he, he's been incredible. Everyone knows this. I'm just going to quickly recap. He leads uh, baseball in terms of ERA, uh, in terms of the lowest ERA. He's got a 2.5 ERA. The only one close to him is Justin Steele, who's another potential rival competitor. He's not up there in F4. Justin Steele has a higher one. And also Snell has a pretty high walk rate, uh, the highest in like all of qualified starters, which is a little bit weird. But what's, what's so fun about Blake Snell this year is he's such a fun pitcher to watch. OG listeners of the show might remember that I used to love, and I mean love, Robbie Ray. Because Robbie Ray was a guy who was either walking every batter, striking out batters with the nastiest slider or whatever that you've ever seen, or giving up bombs. Blake Snell's a little bit like that, but without the bombs. You know what I mean? And that's kind of been what he's like been watching this season, where, yes, he does walk a lot of batters, but he's been efficient enough and he's not giving up hard contact or anything. And he just goes up and strikes out everybody. His strikeout rate, I believe, is still the highest in baseball, or at least one of the highest among starting pitchers. It's third in baseball um, in terms of um, starting pitchers. Spencer Strider currently leads Major League Baseball by by a significant margin, by the way. Not, not an insignificant. He has a 37.8% strikeout rate, while Blake Snell is at 31.1%. And unlike Spencer Strider, you know, uh, not as many walks. And also, another thing worth pointing out is that Blake Snell's FIP, you know, field-independent pitching, some of his expected stats are a little bit higher. I don't think to the point where we have to freak out because this is Blake Snell. He's been dominant before. But they're a little bit higher, and I think in part to the crazy amount of walks, which I think statistics are just expecting if you're walking that many batters. You should be giving up more runs, which is which makes sense. Um, and also taking into account that the Padres' defense has been electric this year with Tatis and Kim likely to be gold glove, glove winners. And then Manny Machado, who, if not for Arenado, although I haven't checked um, comparatively third base uh, defensive statistics this year, um, you know, another potential gold glove player. And then you've got Grisham in center field. Cronenworth doing good work at first base. Obviously some good catches. So the Padres' defense, are they making up for a little bit for Snell? Sure. But I think one of the big pluses for Snell is that he developed all of his pitches this year. Or at least more. A more developed repertoire, which I think is what surprised me. I didn't expect it. Usually when Snell, at least in his Padres tenure, has been effective, is when he goes fastball slider. That those are his two pitches. But this year, he changed that. He absolutely changed that. He's been throwing more of his curveball, actually, than his slider than ever before. And his slider is actually his least used pitch. But it's a nice repertoire. Obviously, the fastball is a big thing. When he's elevating it and getting people to chase, he's borderline unhittable, uh, Blake Snell, this season. So that's been incredible. Every now and then, the fastball is a little bit too, um, what's what's the word, like telegraph, so then guys don't swing at it. But other than that, he's been amazing. He uses his curve changeup. Um, uh, basically the amount, the same amount, 18.6% for both, and then 13.6% for his slider. So it's amazing. And I I love that his curveball has developed a pitch that wasn't 
bad, like awful, but it's been it's been something that has given him trouble over time. And especially also in the case of his changeup, which, you know, two seasons ago with during the collapse, opponents were hitting 429 against it. Last year they hit 211 against it, and this year they're hitting 188 against it. So they he's just gotten better and better. And what I love so much is just that it's a more balanced repertoire. He uses his fastball a little bit less in exchange for using the slider curveball and change up more. So it might be possible that this is just a guy that you want to keep on your team because it sounds like he's getting better if you just look at that stuff. And I'm totally with that. I, I don't object to that opinion. I do wonder, however, a couple things. Number one, number one, I do wonder how a pitcher like Snell is going to age. He is 30 years old. And again, you know me, I'm always a, a proponent of spending, but the Padres are different. They already are spending a lot. So at 30 years old, you want to be giving a pitcher this type of contract. You just saw what happened with the extension to you, Darvish, and you just saw, you know, Joe Musgrove has been great too, but I, I think Joe Musgrove is a little bit of a rarity um, sometimes, but I think that just in general, extending pitchers when, when you already have some other pitchers that are extended isn't necessarily the best idea, and I do wonder if he's the type of guy that may age poorly. I'm not a baseball expert by any chance. I just am an idiot from New Jersey who likes making anime references and talking about baseball also. Um, and hopefully you guys are entertained by that. But with Snell, considering the walk rate, and this is not something new for Blake Snell, by the way. This is not like a, a weird outlier where it's like, yeah, he's walking people so much. He's in the fourth percentile of walk rate. Like, he's been really bad in that regard and he's always had a high walk rate last year was 9.5 year before it was 12.5 you know he's always in the top percentage of the league including during some of his Cy Young seasons he walked a lot of people which shows you that he's able to make up for it for the strikeout rate but I wonder is a guy who walks as many batters as, as him and uses as many pitches as him I know that the pitch inefficiency hasn't been as bad this year but in general doesn't it, it makes a little bit of cause for concern for me in terms of a guy and how he's going to age. And I think that that's worth pointing out. I do. I, I, of course, like, look, if they were to continue keeping Snell, I wouldn't hate it. But my big thing with the Padres for the past couple months has been we need to stop doing only big moves exclusively and start focusing on depth and spreading the wealth around. Obviously, Peter Seidler's a billionaire. Like, he's got plenty of money. But I'm just saying in reality of what we're dealing with the situation in context, there's going to be a point when Peter Seidler isn't going to be like, yeah, let's spend $700 million on a roster um, every year. Obviously, right? Even if he has the money to make up for it, and I believe that all of these team owners more or less have the ability to at least pay more than what they're doing uh, oftentimes. But like, like the Orioles owner who was like, yeah, we'll have to hike ticket prices in order to afford any of these guys. That's you, man. They're so funny. Um, but that's my that would be my concern. He's the type of pitcher that I can see it getting away from him. Is he peaking at the right time? Remember, past two seasons, he started off slow with the Padres. In his first season with the Padres, he was not great for most of it, aside from the last month and a half where he started striking out guys and started being electric again. And then last year, uh, basically like, what was it, like two, three weeks maybe, of being a little bad, maybe just two weeks. Then he was just pretty electric the rest of the way, and then this year it's been the whole way, except for the first two weeks when I was getting scared, right? Like, just in general, like, he's shown you moments of being rough. And I'm just wondering if this is the type of pitcher who will look back after you give him a five-year deal worth a whole bunch of money, is he going to potentially be a guy that doesn't age well? And particularly, here's my thing, here's my thing, 
when you already are spending as much money as you are, and also on pitchers with you Darvish and Joe Musgrove already, is it smart to be giving out a huge extension for Blake Snell for a guy who might win the signing and is clearly going to cost a lot, right? Clearly going to cost a lot. And to me, I think I mentioned Robbie Ray earlier on top of just the the walk rate and all that stuff, but also because he might be a decent comparison. Robbie Ray Gate was given a five-year, $115 million contract with the Mariners. It's a hefty toll. That's a hefty price. It's not going to kill you, but I'm just wondering, is that the direction that we should go in when this team has an issue with depth and spending too much for mediocre results? Should they be allocating those funds elsewhere? Heck, maybe should they be allocating those funds for organizational depth and data analytics people and training staff? Because we're always talking about how guys get worse when they're here. When instead, it feels like you would be walking into the classic same trap that the Padres keep going in, which is just like paying a lot for a bunch of stars and then not ironing out the rest of the things for your location. They've got the stars thing down, which is great. That's huge. A lot of teams don't do that. I just made, made a crack about the Orioles. Like, they're having the best season ever, and now their owner decides to come out talking about how they can't afford this core. It's like, why are you sucking the air out of your team? So this is a plus for the Padres, but I don't think that it should be the only thing they do. So me personally, I just think he's probably going to get as much as Robbie Ray did, especially when you take into account the starting pitching market with other guys this year uh, underperforming or being hurt in the case of Shohei Otani, right? He was going to be a big... Uh, player obviously with the bat too but starting pitcher wise like what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw I don't know Lucas Giolito he's been a disaster he's getting lit up but I think he broke some record for like someone who's had a six ERA on three different teams or something like that and it was nuts Sonny Gray is an interesting option Jordan uh, Montgomery's okay Jack Flaherty Lance Lynn's got a club option Kenta Maeda but the big thing is with we don't know what's going to happen with Kershaw Aaron Noll has been a bust Julio Arias, I mean, we don't need to talk about him. Uh, you know, he's going to be out of it. Eduardo Rodriguez, like, there's some starting pitchers on the market that are underperforming, which I think might mean that the top one, who in my opinion will be Blake Snell, um, and I think a lot of others, Blake Snell will be the top pitching arm on the market. I think a lot of teams are going to want to pay that dude a whole lot of money. And I'm wondering, should we maybe be a little bit more frisky and try and get ourselves the, you know, if Wade Miley opts out, right, with that mutual option he has? Or should you go... And, you know, just maybe try and get a Jordan Montgomery or a Jack Flaherty. Just these kind of depth guys because you already are paying a lot to the top of your rotation. So that's just me. Uh, I, I could be dead wrong on this. I get it. Please leave your comments uh, on your take on this whole thing. But my thing is, you know, maybe we should just build out the rest of the rotation and hope for some prospects to come up. And, you know, just just hope that you Darvish bounces back. Right. That's not the he's not the worst guy in the world. I know he's old. But, like, it's not the worst thing in the world to be like, yeah, maybe Darvish can come through next year. Like, that's totally possible. And then we'll have Musgrove, who's always good. That's that's two great pitchers right there. Do you need to pay premium for a third? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I have some more thoughts on this, guys. But before we get into them, just a quick break and a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Everybody here on the Lockdown Padres podcast talking starting pitchers and what I was mentioning was my fear about paying up for Blake Snell because of all the the same traps and it's like oh but this guy will be different yeah but this guy's great yeah but this and I know but things change in baseball all the time and I'm wondering if it might behoove the Padres to instead just focus on extending or bringing back Seth Lugo and Michael Waka. 
Both of them are different, of course. Uh, and I think with the aforementioned like uncertainty with the starting pitching market, it's totally possible that Seth Lugo, we'll start with him, opts out of his current contract, which is a two-year, um, seven, what is it, two years, $15 million deal, $7.5 million per year. He's got a player, player option. And with how Lugo has pitched this year, I think it's more likely, more likely, that he opts out and gets some three-year sort of deal for a decent amount of money. Look, I brought this up on the podcast last time I talked about Lugo. He's a Puerto Rican power guy. Love him so much, obviously, for that. But maybe he gets paid like what Steven Matz got paid. Steven Matz had, like, one good season um, with the Mets where he was, like, kind of okay. And then he parlayed that because people get desperate for starting pitching sometimes into a four-year, $44 million contract. So that might be what we're looking at here. Now, four years for Seth Lugo, not the worst in the world, but it's definitely something worth looking into if you're the Padres and wanting to keep yet another guy uh, locked down for so long, right? And especially with Lugo, some of his advanced stats, not great, right? If you look at pitch run value, he's been great on his fastball. His fastball is really, really hard to hit sometimes. And just in general, he's been good there. He's got really good spin rates on most of his pitches. He he works better than his peripherals. But for a guy who just converted to a starting pitcher, I do worry about, like, are we sure this is a guy who can outperform his peripherals every year? I don't mind him. I think he's solid, right? But he's got a 3.49 ERA, an expected ERA of 4.12. His walk rate is okay. He's in control usually. 23.4% strikeout rate isn't great but not terrible either. He's just kind of, he's a really solid number five, and I think that there are teams that are going to pay up for that. Should the Padres do it? I think I would be more of a fan if they maybe just tried to see if they can bring back Lugo, or unless he opts into his player option, which I don't think he will personally because of what I mentioned with a player like Matt's. But I would love if they were instead, they were like, you know what, let's bank on Musgrove coming back next year, and then you Darvish will at least be a little bit better than he was this year, and then you've got those two, and then we can have Michael Waka and Seth Lugo, and then we figure out what we're doing with the fifth spot. So so that's 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 the whole thing, but I think with the fifth spot, you can find some guys in free agency that can at the minimum be okay. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's really frustrating to be a Padres fan because their starting pitching was so excellent this year, and their offense let them down, bullpen, clutch snares, all that stuff that we've been talking about all year. And now you might say, well, Javi, but like now what's going to happen is our starting pitching will regress because we'll lose Blake Snell. And that will destroy any momentum we might gain if the offense actually hits clutch for once next year. Yeah, it's not the most fun time in the world to be planning for the Padres right now. It's really bad. But I'm just wondering, do we really want to have a three-headed hydra of people who are being paid all that much for that many years, I'm just a little bit worried about it. Um, and I don't know if that's how I'd allocate my funds. Instead, you maybe give Lugo a little bit less, or you let Lugo walk, and maybe you go after the aforementioned players I mentioned, like a Jack Flaherty, like a a, um, a Sonny Gray. Marcus Stroman has an opt-out. Uh, he's Puerto Rican, um, so that's I'll, of course, be pro him to an extent. You know, Sonny Gray, like I mentioned, you know, uh, Montgomery... Um, Alex Cobb's got a club option. I think that they might take that. We'll see. Um, you know, Luis Severino, you want to take a flyer on a guy? Maybe Ruben Niebla can turn him into something, right? Maybe. Uh, I mean, Ruben Niebla, he, he is a magic man, and Severino has been very, very good before, and I know he's been a disaster this year, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying from a, a, a standpoint of let's just try something different. Let's try and 
just spend our funds a little bit more wisely, get a little bit more in depth. I wouldn't mind that if you're like, let's bring back Lugo, Waka, some combination of the two, and then say, let's let's see if we can get Severino. Everyone's out on that guy. Maybe Niebla can fix him. He's done wonders, I think. He, he's a gangsta out there. Shout out to Ruben Niebla. He's been great. You know, maybe you can go that way. You can go Frankie Montas if you're feeling crazy, right? I know he was just hurt, but like, I just think that the Padres we've seen at the major league level that Niebla has seemingly done a good job with starting pitching especially so it's just an idea i'm not saying i'm wedded to this it's not my official off-season wish list video but i'm just saying with how everything's been going with big contracts big trades losing prospects the 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 immediacy present bias right of this um management and this front office maybe it might behoove them to let's let's just try something differently right now i'm not saying i hate the idea of resigning snow i just w- i'm wondering would it be better if we took some flyers on some other guys, wait a little bit, maybe spend that money elsewhere, get yourself a Garrett Cooper type of DH, right? Get yourself a guy who can hit on some days in the right situation so that way you don't have to worry about just Matt Carpenter being forced to be your DH or whatever, right? And all these other guys, right? Like maybe you do that. Maybe you just iron out the rest of your team and take some flyers on some guys that are definitely going to cost less than Snell and especially because you're already paying Musgrove and Darvish, right? Michael Waka. His contract is also very interesting. Uh, he's got a club option for $16 million next year. Not bad, not bad, but he's been really, really good this year. Um, aside from yesterday, and the basically his last three starts, aside from then, and I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, or last night's episode. <laughs> Sorry about the lateness on last night's episode, guys, but I figured I'd wait because of the game happening. That with Michael Waka, aside from those three starts, before then... He hadn't given up more than two earned runs since April 26 against the Cubs. Like, Michael Waka has been electric this year, and this is now his second year in a row being very good and maybe outperforming some of his peripherals, which leads me to believe that he might have actually discovered something. It's rare for a guy like this to discover something so late. It is rare. Uh, But he's been a highly regarded prospect before. He was coming up with the Cardinals, really young guy. So it's totally possible. Right, it's totally possible that maybe this is like, wow, could this be the new Michael Waka? It's kind of rare that we see guys figured out. That's why I was worried about bringing him on board in the first place. But personally, I kind of like that more. I'd like the idea of keeping him for 16 million. Then the following year, he does have a player option for 6 million. Again, he's got such a weird contract. It's so weird. But I don't know. That might not be too bad. Yes, it costs a hefty penny next year. Same thing as this year. But I'm kind of starting to believe that this might be who he is, or at least a, a version of it. Maybe he's a mid, mid-threes mid ERA guy next year, right? That's totally possible. But two straight seasons where he's been pretty good, I'm starting to wonder if he found out something. And especially with Niebla in town, I'm wondering if, like, all right, I mean, he's 31. He's not the oldest in the world. You keep him around at least for next year. I really think I'm pro that. I really think I'm pro that. Instead of shelling out everything for Blake Snell, I could be dead wrong. And it could be a, oh my God, it's sell high on Michael Walker, right? Like, totally possible. But um, look, I enjoy using Pac-Man on this set here of my podcast in the background. I, I love having him on there. And I think personally, that's where I would go. As of right now, I don't think I'd want to extend uh, Blake Snell, even if he's very, very good. But for all those reasons that I just mentioned, I don't know if I want to do it. I'd just rather take some chances and let's do things a little bit differently for once. I know it's not as exciting. I know. We've had enough excitement for the past couple of years. So instead, let's just try and get some lower lower tier guys like all those other smart teams do. 
because we have the stars and if we could couple that with some lower tier guys that can get developed or whatever that's what i'm a fan of but that's just me and i could be dead wrong and someone could extend blake snell or sign him in free agency and he'll win the cy young and be jake arietta from that one year whatever whatever but i'm just saying uh you know that's just my kind of take on the matter ladies and gentlemen with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods from. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, and of course, Lockdown Padres on the YouTube. Um, in terms of future episodes, going to be talking next week about the Padres' general future and why the I'm going to give an optimistic slant on it and why I think that they're better off than some other teams that broke out this year going forward going to be doing my crossover with Miller Thomas tomorrow don't know yet which fantasy draft we're doing but that should be fun especially in honor of uh you know football coming back I think it's appropriate for us to do our draft this week gonna be doing all sorts of stuff maybe some crossovers next week as well um and just kind of breaking down this team and keeping up with Tatis maybe he's gonna be a 30-30 guy can't wait for that and yes the episode when the Padres are officially eliminated for the playoffs is going to be probably the episode I finally snap. And maybe even when I bring back the hat. It's totally possible. It's totally possible, guys. But with that all being said, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.